Welcome to episode 184 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Ashley, Steph, Adam, and Ashley. So on this week's episode, we are going to be diving into the first half of Taylor Swift Now. There's a lot to cover, so we're actually going to be splitting it up into two different episodes. Before we do that, I have been waiting a long time to do this. So I've been thinking about kind of new segments and things that we kind of want to do with the show. And so uh, to kind of intro out the episode, I have all of these obscure Taylor trivia questions that none of the other hosts know about that I think you guys might find really interesting. So, you know, every so often, I think I'm just going to throw one out there for the hosts, and maybe you guys knew it already, I'm not sure, but see, basically, if they can guess it. The big thing here is that none of them know any of these answers, or know what I'm going to ask them anyway, so. Well, hopefully we know the answers. We're all completely in the dark. (laughs) Completely in the dark. Maybe you know the answers. I don't think you will. I'm telling you, these are tough questions. Sounds like a challenge. Bring it on. Okay, so the trivia question that I have for this week, um, it kind of relates to the episode because we're talking about Taylor Swift now, and we're kind of, you know, taking a look back into Taylor's past and things. This one is a pretty good one. It has to do with uh, one of Taylor's early songs. The question I have for you guys, which of Taylor's songs was originally intended for the album Enchanted, but was instead released on Fearless? Bonus points for why. Wait, you said the album Enchanted, because Speak Now was originally going to be named Enchanted. Is this a trick question or something? It's not really, no. (laughs) Okay. But yes, you got that part. So this is a song that was intended for Fearless, but it was put on to Enchanted, which became Speak Now. No, originally intended for Enchanted slash Speak Now, but was instead released early on Fearless. That's even more confusing. (laughs) So it came out before they, maybe she wanted it to come out. Uh, It was put on Fearless, even though she wanted to maybe wait until the next album. Correct. Does that mean it was on the Fearless Platinum Edition? No, it was on the regular Fearless album. Hmm. I like how this just became 20 questions instead of just... (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, these are tough questions. Well, it's just, I know that Forever and Always was the last song that was written for Fearless. Yeah, I was going to say that stuff as well. But I thought that Taylor wanted it on Fearless because everything happened so quickly and she just wrote it and said she wanted it on the album. So I don't think it was intended for Speak Now. So the only other song I can think about would be, I guess, Change, which was written for the Olympics. That was going to be my guess, too, because, and maybe you guys know the answer to this, but maybe you don't. The song Change, was it specifically written for the Olympics, or was it a song that had been recorded, and then the Olympics came to Taylor and said, can we use this song? So both of you are saying Change is your final answer? That's what I'll go with. Okay. I'm going to go with The Way I Loved You. Do you have any reason for that? Um, I just feel like it sort of fits the tone and feel of Speak Now. Okay, so we have three answers in. Ashley, what do you think? Um, yeah, I was going to stick with Forever and Always. I know that's not correct, but that was my guess. Okay, are you guys ready? Ready. None of you were right. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm telling you, these are tough. The answer is actually White Horse. As soon as you said we were wrong, I immediately knew that was what it was. Are you serious? I don't yeah. know how. <laughs> okay, bonus points if you know why. If we know why. Was it the second to last song that was written for Fearless? It was. Mm-hmm. Is that why, though? No, not necessarily. Is it because White Horse isn't technically a breakup song? It's a song to do with the fact that, well, not that he, like, cheated on her, that um, he just had, like, a an alternative life, if, if you will. Uh, it has more to do, with, well, less to do with Taylor's personal life and more to do with, uh, from a business standpoint, if that makes sense. Well, I would assume it was so that she could have it considered for the Grammys. That's a good guess, but not quite. Anyone else? Any takers? I guess just because it sort of fits with the enchanted theme, which is what she was going to go with originally. Mm-hmm. White Horse would fit in with that. Not quite, though. <laughs> okay, you guys ready? I'll just tell you. This is an excerpt, actually, just from Wikipedia. Um, I'll just read this to you guys. You're giving us Wikipedia trivia? <laughs> <It's> still, <laughs> this counts. I question the source. <laughs> I did some deep web searching for these, and anyway, so I had to look up why, But and this is what I found. So, the song was not originally intended to be included on Fearless, due to Swift believing solemnness was already represented accurately on the album. Therefore, Swift was planning on including the track on her third studio album, which would become Speak Now in 2010. However... When Swift's Los Angeles managing agency set up an appointment with the executive producers of her favorite television series, Grey's Anatomy, Betsy Beers and Chanda Rhimes, they discussed including Swift's music on the series. Swift chose to play them White Horse live with an acoustic guitar. Beers and Rhimes were very impressed, and they told Swift they would respond via telephone as soon as they could. Swift decided not to include the track on Fearless until the producers responded, which they did not for some time. When Grey's Anatomy representatives called, Swift and Nathan Chapman recorded the song immediately, sent a CD to them, and they decided to use it on the television series. White Horse debuted on the fifth season premiere of Grey's Anatomy, Dream a Little Dream of Me, on September 25th, 2008. Wow. That's pretty cool. Hmm. I actually think I did know that, but I completely forgot about it. I believe it. Steph, you know some, like, really intricate Taylor knowledge. But, so does that mean that White Horse was actually the last song added even though it was done i don't know see i don't know technically um i guess it i it still would have been written maybe it was the last one recorded okay i always thought forever and always was the very last that's a good question that'll be my trivia question next week (laughs) and maybe it's just because of how taylor described it like i think even on journey to fearless but i literally always pictured it like the CD was, like, about to be, like, physically produced, like, ready to go in the package, and she, like, ran back to the studio at the last second for Forever and Always. Yeah, that was my thought, too. Also, I know we've always sort of thought that Taylor is somewhat superstitious, and I totally can see her being like, I don't want to jinx this, I'm not recording the song until they call me back. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Especially because it was Grey's Anatomy, her favorite show. Oh, absolutely. And we have that video of when she actually saw it live on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and I remember watching that episode just to hear the song. You know what's really interesting, too, is White Horse was, if I'm not mistaken, the second single off of Fearless. So for it being so late in the 
uh, recording process and then it being one of the first things released from Fearless. I think that's pretty remarkable. Right. And like we said, it did win a Grammy. So, hey, not too shabby, Taylor. Well, I really enjoyed that, Nate. Thanks. That was good. All of your Taylor IQs have been elevated. (laughs) Anyway, I'm looking forward because I have a whole host of these like trivia questions. They're just stashed away. So I'm just going to pull them out when I see fit. We'll have to study up to be ready. That's right. You better be. (laughs) Test next week. (laughs) (laughs) So enough trivia fun aside, we are going to be moving into our first segment, some of Taylor's older tweets. Ashley, why don't you kick us off? All right. Our first one comes from January 15th of 2010. Taylor tweeted, the hardest part about motivating myself to run is finding matching socks. I wonder if they were cat socks. <laughs> Our next one is from January 20th of 2012, and Taylor tweeted, went to Sundance to see Rory Kennedy's documentary about her mother, Ethel. It was moving, hilarious, and beautiful. And of course, as we know, Red was released in October of that year, and Ethel inspired the song Starlight. Even though... Starlight was never really promoted. There was no music video for it, and it was rarely ever played on tour. It's really one of the songs I think of the most when I think about the whole Red Era. That's a good point. Everything about it is just very characteristic, I think, of Red Era. Kind of that pop country, hybrid, 50s vibe. Vintage. Vintage. I like that. I always like that song. I really like the beat of that song. It's, It's so upbeat, and it's cool. Occasionally I'll hear it, like, in Walmart. (laughs) occasionally i'll hear it when i open up my musical perfume box which is often (laughs) i forgot that yeah there is a perfume named after it but it's interesting that taylor only ever from my memory only ever sang it once and she sang it for ethel it was some sort it might have been a birthday or some sort of event for ethel and she played it Did she ever sing it on the Red Tour as one of the secret songs? I believe she did twice. Oh, twice? And neither time was I lucky enough to be there. Oh, really? Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't think she did. If I'm not mistaken, she sang it, because I remember being extremely jealous both times this happened. She sang it at the beginning of the tour in one of her New Jersey shows, and then she also sang it when she was in Arizona when Ronan's family was visiting her at the show. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Could you imagine that concert? Jeez. I'm going to have to try to find a video now because I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I'm learning all kinds of things today. (laughs) It's amazing, like, all the Taylor knowledge that you think you know and then, like, that you forget. As a Taylor fan, it's almost as though the amount that I've forgotten about Taylor because there's so much happening with her far outweighs what I currently know about Taylor. (laughs) If that makes sense. Well, yeah, it's been over 10 years now. It's hard to fit all of that into your brain Mm -hmm. our next tweet comes from january 15th of 2013 and it was a picture of taylor sitting in a chair in a recording studio with her guitar and it says on the caption somewhere in la and it's hard to believe that that was four years ago because based on that date that had to have been working on 1989 Yes, this is actually when she was working on How You Get the Girl. And for me, it's always interesting because 
Red was released in October of 2012. This was in January of 2013. And for me, How You Get the Girl always had the most Red vibe to it for me. So it's just interesting to know when Taylor writes her songs and to put them into a time frame so you have a point of reference. Our next one's from January 18th of 2014. And I think we all remember this one very well. It is a daily struggle for me not to buy more cats. <laughs> she lasted about six months till she <laughs> tweeted after she tweeted that, I guess. And so now it's been almost three years since she got Olivia, and I'm really surprised she hasn't gotten another one yet. Maybe this summer. Maybe she'll buy a cat before every album. <laughs> Might get out of hand. Anyway, our next one comes from January 18th, 2015. And Taylor wrote, I didn't get the let's all wear black memo. And she tagged Gigi, Carly, Martha Hunt, and Ashley Avignon. Anyway, it's uh, a cool picture of the five of them standing in the room. Of course, everybody wearing black, except for Taylor, wearing a nice white dress. And it's actually featured in Taylor's New York City apartment. So, For me, the best parts of this photo are... Well, first, Meredith is, she has her butt facing the camera. She's just sprawling on the edge of the couch. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, she refused to face forward and look at the camera. And then you can also see in the background, Taylor has a lit up 1989 in her apartment. Imagine just hanging out with models where it comes so naturally to them how to pose for a photo like this. (laughs) This looks like a professionally arranged photo shoot. So speaking of Taylor and all of her model friends and just friends in general, uh, we're going to feature this week a few of Taylor's squad's tweets. I enjoyed this last week. I'm glad we're bringing it back. So did I. They have some interesting things going on. So our first one is from Ed Sheeran. Um, He tweeted on January 19th. Nice. I'm on the cover of today's top hits. Thanks, Spotify. He should be on the cover of everything all the time. Everything forever. I'm so glad he's back. Like, I didn't even realize how much I missed him. I mean, I knew I did, but seeing him back, I'm just so much happier than I even expected. Okay, our next one is from today, January 23rd. And Ed tweeted, Loved filming this. All these kids are actually from my high school. Go watch it and share it far and wide. And so this was the music video for Castle on the Hill, and it's a pretty cool video. It has a younger Ed look-alike. He filmed it actually where he grew up, and it looks very pretty, and Ed's actually featured in the video himself. He doesn't really usually like to be included in videos, but he does make some appearances. I just, it always amazes me how easily he can always find these actors that look like him (laughs) (laughs) i love lego house just by the way rupert grint in that i thought that was one of the funniest videos i'd ever seen in my life (laughs) yeah to me actually like this video was very um reminiscent of lego house in that way you know that he has a lookalike in the video same with this one so lego house and this one both have a lookalike of him and even in like everything has changed with the little kids Oh, that's true, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's just a warehouse of red-headed people. <laughs> I think, I think there is. I really think so. On Ed Sheeran music videos. 
But yeah, I did like uh, Steph pointed out, he was very, um, a little more prominent in the video, um, whereas in his past videos, Ed's not really featured in them very much. So I definitely liked seeing him a lot more in this one. Yeah, actually sang, like geez. Our next tweet comes from Carly Kloss, and it's from January 16th. And she said, I spent the day baking at Mongolia Bakery with these brilliant, resilient young ladies. And she said, thank you, make a wish. So that must have been an awesome opportunity for those two girls. Yeah, that looked really cool. I think the fans are also Taylor fans. So that must have been really awesome to hang out with Carly. Yeah, and I was reading some tweets about it, and it looked like they arranged this meeting to be, you know, a pretty short meeting. Carly has a really busy schedule, and they told the girls to expect that it would be about a half hour hanging out with her, and it ended up being five hours. Wow, that's awesome. And she kept extending it and then took them out to lunch at the end. Oh, that's awesome. And our next one from January 19th is also from Carly, and this was when she visited the set of the play Kinky Boots, and she tweeted Kinky Booties with some shoe emojis, and it was a photo of her and Todrick, who is the star of Kinky Boots, and it's a really fun photo. I love it. I like how she has red Kinky Boots as well. Yeah, I wonder if Taylor told her to go see it, because Taylor saw it right around Thanksgiving with Kelsey Ballerini, and then Todrick came to Rhode Island to have Thanksgiving with Taylor after that. I think it's funny how she just like towers over him, just by the way. (laughs) She towers over most people. As does Taylor too. (laughs) So our next one comes from Jack Antonoff on January 22nd, 2017. And he tweeted something really interesting. He said, okay, back in the studio, all my love. That has me thinking. Who's he in the studio with? Yeah, you never know. Right, especially after I don't want to live forever. It's a mystery. Hmm. Well, either way, that's pretty cool. Because it means he's making more music, so. Yeah, and I just, with him, you never know. Is he doing something with fun? Is he doing something solo? Is he doing something with bleachers? Is he producing someone's album? He does so much. Could literally be anything. (laughs) I've been listening to some bleachers lately, and I'm really getting into them. Oh yeah, that's cool. No, I I haven't heard too much anyway. Okay, so that's all we have for you from some of Taylor's squad tweets. And we just have one piece of news this week. So, uh, Steph, why don't you take it away? It's pretty interesting. Yes, Taylor has not been out and about at all. We've seen her once in a Candid this year, which is kind of crazy because it's January 23rd. She's hiding. Yeah, I feel like there's a reason for it. But she tweeted... On the 21st of January, the following. So much love, pride, and respect for those who marched. I'm proud to be a woman today and every day. Hashtag women's march. And so a lot of you probably know there was a women's march all over the country on Saturday. And Taylor was just tweeting her support for it. And it's tough to be Taylor. It's got to be tough because... Even though she tweeted that, people just decided to kind of attack her. and Which is pretty sad, I mean, really. Yeah, it really is. It's it's like she can't do anything right, no matter how hard she tries. But a lot of people are critical of her for not being more active during the election, 
I guess people expected her to announce her support for a candidate and Taylor didn't. And for me, I actually think Taylor should be allowed to do whatever she wants. She's Taylor. And if she doesn't want to announce support for a candidate, then she shouldn't have to. And one thing I think is great is Taylor has always consistently done this. I remember People Magazine interviewed her when she could vote for the very first time, which was way back in 2008. And she said she would not disclose who she was actually voting for because she didn't want to influence people. And I admire celebrities who who have that kind of position. I mean, it's fine if they have a different position too, but I just think it's smart. It is smart. You can really alienate a lot of your fans. Absolutely. And maybe she just doesn't feel comfortable taking on a role like that. She's not a politician. She's a singer and she's a songwriter. So I don't know. I think she should be allowed to do whatever she wants. And it just frustrates me when people criticize her for no good reason. I like to comment on Facebook today on some article where somebody was like, she's a pop singer, not God. What do you want from her? (laughs) She's close, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and like you said about influencing people, obviously she has millions of fans. You know, her album sales are always in the millions. And while I don't think that if she tweeted her support for a candidate it would automatically mean that all of her fans go out and vote for that candidate. Like you said, I think it's better that she leaves it open for discussion because that causes her fans and the general public, which is what everybody should do, is to go out and learn about the candidates and form your own opinion and vote for who you want based upon your beliefs and what you think of the candidate, not based on what a celebrity or somebody else thinks. Exactly. And that's what really frustrates me about celebrities who do go out and support a candidate or something like that, because they're just trying to get support just based on the fact that I'm a celebrity, I'm voting for this candidate. If you're my fan, you should vote too for this person. And Taylor's just not like that. She doesn't, she would support people researching all the issues, all the candidates, and making a decision independently which I admire. I hope that Taylor doesn't get political. I think it's not smart. I think it's just asking for controversy, even though here Taylor hasn't asked for controversy and she just gets it no matter what. But I think you can really alienate fans and and just lose respect in the general public. And I think with the statement that she put on Twitter about the Women's March, that she was in a lose-lose situation either way. Like Steph said, she posted this tweet and then got a lot of hate for it, for supporting the Women's March. But then again, if she wouldn't have said anything, other people on the other side would have criticized her for not speaking up. So she's in a tough spot being such a public figure. And I think it was a very simple statement of what she said. And I think leaving it at that is perfect. Agreed. You know, the other thing, too, about this, Taylor always consistently has stood up for feminism. And anything that she ever says about that always comes from the same place. It's, I mean, it's a place of love. I mean, you know, love for women and and trying to show other women that you can be successful and uh, make a change in the world and all about women's rights, really. So that type of issue, while some people might not agree with it, is really neutral 
for the most part, on both sides of the aisle. So to politicize it and to kind of try and drag her into it, I think it's just silly. You and Adam both said that perfectly. I completely agree. There are plenty of other celebrities and famous people who didn't even comment on the march or on the election, but for some reason Taylor is the one who gets dragged through the mud for it. It's always frustrating, but it's just the way it is. The one thing I always think of is when Taylor said in an interview once, her life is abnormal. It just, it's never going to be, it's always going to be under a lens. It's never, she's never going to have a typical day-to-day. So I think she could really do whatever she wants here. I don't think anything that she did was that bad, so, at all. So you rock, Taylor. Yeah, she should just keep doing what she does. So anyway, uh, controversial tweets aside, uh, as mentioned earlier for our main discussion for this week, we are going to be covering the first six episodes of Taylor Swift Now. Now, we've kind of talked a little bit about it before, um, just the fact that it's out there, and we've gone through, you know, the episodes, just kind of briefly what they are and and how to get it. But this week, uh, what we're going to do is we're really going to go in-depth, talk all about the episodes, what our favorite parts are, and just really kind of, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, tell you what it's all about. So for those of you who don't know, Taylor Swift Now is only available to subscribers of DirecTV or AT&T. So uh, if you don't have that, basically, I'm sorry, you can't watch it. But that's what we're here for. So, And a good thing is, when we talk about this, you'll hear some of the clips are from previously filmed items, and you can go find them on YouTube and watch them. Oh, absolutely. So we're just going to kind of jump into the episode list for you guys. The very first one is just an introduction into Taylor Swift Now, what it's all about, uh, basically what we just told you guys. The first official episode of Taylor Swift Now is titled, I Surprise My Fans. In the intro clip for this, Taylor just talks about how she likes to surprise her fans, and they show footage from some of the secret sessions where Taylor enters the room and surprises all the fans. They show her wrapping up gifts for Swiftmas. And then she mentions that she even surprises fans on the street. And you see this clip of Taylor getting out of her car. Well, first you see her yelling out her window, hey, I like your shirt. (laughs) And this little girl with a Taylor shirt on stops and Taylor gets out of the car and says, can I take a picture with you? And the little girl's mom is just completely floored. And it's a great little clip. That's one of my favorite Taylor moments, just by the way. Especially because, again, she just consistently does this. Taylor's always very consistent. Back in the day, when Taylor was pretty new, she followed somebody into the mall who was wearing a Fearless shirt. And she she joked around that she pretty much stalked this fan <laughs> into this video game store. And she just said, hey, thanks for wearing my shirt. And there are many stories like that over the years of Taylor just stopping to thank people for wearing her shirt and to get a photo. It's pretty cool. But the meat of this first episode is something that you may remember from back in the day. It was called A Hug from Taylor Swift. I love those videos. Those were great. That was so unheard of at the time. Oh my god, unprecedented. Absolutely. I revere those gentlemen. (laughs) As a male Swifty in this fandom, I cannot believe that even happened. Yes, this was back in the day. It was fantastic. These two college students who were both 
males wanted a hug from Taylor. They started this website. They said they would do challenges. They would do whatever it took to get a hug from Taylor. And somehow she became aware of it. So she started issuing these video challenges to them. And they did all kinds of things. She told them to use 13 in a creative way. So they wrote 13 with people and they flew up in an airplane and videoed it. And they also helped an old lady cross the street. And then, of course, for the final challenge, she asked them to gather people in this room on the college campus. And Taylor just showed up and she hugged them. So (laughs) they achieved their goal. Yeah, I actually looked to see if the website that they created for this was still relevant, um, which was a hug from taylorswift.com. But unfortunately, it no longer exists. Oh. But uh, as you mentioned, you can find their videos on YouTube, though. Bravo, guys. Bravo. I feel like that was when Taylor caught the bug of wanting to surprise fans. I think so, too. I think she saw how viral that went and just how well it was received. And, of course, how happy it made the fans and has been sort of following that pattern ever since. So the next episode is called On a Video Shoot, and this episode features, again, something you can look up on YouTube. It's the I Knew You Were Trouble behind the scenes, and there are, I think, three different parts to it where she just takes you through the filming of it, and it it's fun to watch, again, if you've already seen it, or if you haven't seen it, then you can watch it. But she had just performed at the AMAs, and she won an award, and then she went and film this video. And I remember the day after the award show, everybody was talking about how she was on this balcony with pink hair and everybody was like, what's going on? What is she doing? Did she dye her hair? Um, And in the behind the scenes video, she explains that the paparazzi are following her and she hides in this bathrobe and tries to run away. That sounds terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, She just, it goes through the different scenes, the car scene, the bar fight scene, the scene where they're in this warehouse, and she said it smelled like dead people, which was interesting. I forgot about that until I watched this again. (laughs) Like dead people. I don't know how dead people smell. Is it just like formaldehyde or, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But it also showed her in the opening scene where she's lying down and you can hear you you can't hear it but it's when she does the monologue which is great so that was fun to watch um another thing underneath this episode was the music video for begin again and she did a tiny little intro um before the music video played and she was just saying about how when she shot this video in paris there was some treats and a little display in the props department kept noticing her like eyeing the treats and you know they had asked her you really want to eat those don't you and she was like yes I do (laughs) so I thought that was really funny well episode number three was called I was nostalgic and it was a, a short video followed by the music video for the best day and the beginning was Taylor talking about During the process of making the album Fearless, she was thinking a lot about her mom and 
how supportive she was through the whole process ever since they moved to Nashville and she released her first self-titled album and she decided that she wanted to write a song for her mom. So she ended up recording it secretly without her mom knowing and she took all of the home videos that ended up being part of the music video and edited it all together and put the track on top of it to create the music video. So she did that all herself. And a really cool part of the video is when she talked about how she played the song for her mom. And I I think she just played it as like a, hey, mom, listen to this cool song that I heard. And then Andrea was like, oh, who who sings that? I really like it. And then Taylor revealed that it was actually her. And it was a secret the whole time that she made it. So that was a, a really cool way to introduce the song to her mom. Didn't she do it at Christmas for her? Yeah, that's, I think that's what she said. Yeah, it's funny that Andrea didn't know it was her. <laughs> I would love to see, I don't even care what the topic is, but a modern day video edited together by Taylor. <laughs> Just anything anything with footage from her life now. Yeah, we haven't had any type of vlog or anything like that in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And going back to the song, I probably have told the story on... A previous episode but just to tell it again really quickly one of my favorite memories from a taylor concert is that i did get to hear this song live which is pretty rare i don't know how many times she has sang it even if it's more than one i'm not sure maybe twice right <laughs> yeah but she did sing it um right around mother's day during the fearless tour and the part i will always remember is that she messed up the words oh yeah when the lyrics in the song say, I knew you were on my side even when I was wrong, she had messed up the words before that. So when she got to that part, she changed the words and said, I knew you were on my side even when I got the words wrong. And it was a very cool, unique moment to see because uh, I, I don't really recall that ever happening before. Yeah, that's cool. I would have loved to have been there. That would have been amazing. You know, something... I. I want to say it was from the 73 questions from Vogue, uh, where Taylor said when she was talking about Best Day, and she said something like she will rarely sing it because it makes her tear up, and it's just too emotional for her, and she just won't sing it. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. Yeah, she did mention in the clip there that she said it's still pretty hard to play in concert, because she said, you know, it's all like, I love you, Mom, and it's all the memories and the feels, she said. So episode four is I had a photo shoot and there are four parts to this episode. First part was the Speak Now magazine photo shoot, which there's a couple of clips from that where Taylor had her first Vogue shoot, which was shot in Franklin, Tennessee, and Annie Leibowitz was the photographer. And also her glamour photo shoot and her 17 photo shoot. And I thought something funny in the beginning of this one, her intro, she said when she would draw a 13 on her hand, which we saw during her Speak Now tour, um, she would draw it on with a Sharpie and eyeliner every night. And she said she used to wake up in the morning and it would be imprinted on her face. <laughs> and she said, Yikes. fun fact, <laughs> how to get Sharpie off of your face, hairspray. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. I wish I had known that, because that definitely happened to me during the Speak Now tour. <laughs> yeah, so during her photo shoot, 
um, with Annie Leibovitz, she wanted her to have the, the 13 on her hand. So for her just to be herself and uh, have that and her, you know, hair curled and makeup done however she wanted to be. And then the other part of it was her album photo shoot for Speak Now, which was shot by Joseph Anthony Baker, who was also the photographer for Fearless. And one of the parts in there I thought was funny was her shooting at the chapel. So in the booklet of Speak Now, there's the chapel picture, and that's where horrified looks from everyone in the room. And that's what that picture was based on. So that was, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I like that picture because it has all the band members in it. It was really funny. But yeah, overall, the that one is just them taking the pictures for the booklet for Speak Now. So episode five is titled I Unplugged, and this episode is all about the VH1 storytellers and also the How You Get the Girl acoustic performance. Yeah, so VH1 storytellers, that was three parts. Um, I vaguely remember it was a contest where Taylor was going to play at a college, and you could, you know, try and get entries and win to have her play at your school. And I remember when I was in school thinking, hmm. Yeah, I don't think that would work for me because I went to a pretty big university, but not small enough that I felt like would win this contest. But it was actually Harvey Mudd College. They were the contest winners, and they're in California. And basically, she came and did a set uh, concert there at their school. And um, the set list included You Belong With Me, Red, Ours, Mean, and We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. So, and when she would sing each of the songs, she would kind of intro about how she came up with the idea for the song and a little bit about it before she did the performance. Yeah, I remember watching that on VH1 and it is sometimes still replayed on my TV. I see it on that channel that's called MTV Live. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad they still play it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like that may have given her the idea for the secret sessions. I would love to know where she came up with the idea but I remember seeing the storytellers and just the way the fans were all gathered around and she kind of explained what the song was about and then played it except for the secret sessions she just played the cd but still that was a cool episode it was funny um in the storytellers one of the audience members asked a question and I know Taylor kind of talks about this sometimes but somebody asked her have you ever doubted yourself and she said I doubt myself a lot. She's like, everything, diseases, spiders, people getting tired of me in general, she says, which is a broader concept. I think that's such a good example of why she's continued to be so relatable because she says that. And then the other part of this episode five is the video of how you get the girl acoustic, which is what Taylor performed at the Grammy Museum last year. And I remember when she was doing the acoustic session, we knew about it and we heard a rumor that she played that song, but it was never released and she released a couple others and I was really, really hoping she would put this one out later and I was so glad when she did because, I mean, How You Get the Girl is the most typical cheesy pop song, I guess, on 1989 and as always, Taylor showed how she could turn it into something else completely. Instead of cheesy, I like to call it bubblegum. Bubblegum pop. It's a good song, though. Everybody loves it, and especially acoustic. I mean, you're probably never going to hear that ever again, so it's cool that she put it out there. 
I don't think there's a single one of Taylor's songs that doesn't sound a thousand times better acoustic. I tend to agree with you. I say that all the time on these episodes. There's never been one acoustic performance where I feel like I'm like, you know, she should really just stick with the regular version. You know, I'd be better on track. (laughs) (laughs) That's never happened. Never. Yeah, and she said in the intro that acoustic performances are how her career started out, that she would just, you know, pick up her instrument and go play, you know, wherever she could find a place to play. And she could just be anywhere and have her guitar with her and just perform. And moving on to episode six, which was called I Went on Tour, part one. It was all about the Fearless tour, and it began with the Fearless music video, which obviously has the -the behind-the-scenes footage mixed in with the concert footage of the tour. And then it had some other parts, too, and the one that I really liked was called Appreciation Days. And I didn't know this until I watched this video, but... I guess the band and crew and dancers and Taylor uh, had appreciation days during each of the tour stops and they would pick somebody and they would give them gifts. And one specific one that they showed, which was really cool, was Taylor got Gene Simmons on the phone, who is from the band Kiss. And that is Paul Sidoti's favorite band, and Paul was shocked when Taylor connected them on the phone, and he got to talk to Gene for a little while. So that was really neat. And then another cool thing I learned was that on the day that everybody decided to make Taylor's Appreciation Day, they gave her a number of gifts, but one of the things that they gave her was craisins, and I learned that craisins were Taylor's go-to snack during the Fearless Tour. That was definitely an interesting tidbit that I didn't know. I somehow did know that. I feel like she talked about craisins all the time on MySpace. And I made a MySpace account only to follow Taylor. MySpace. That's going back a few years. (laughs) She doesn't really talk about craisins anymore, though. I'm actually a little bummed because I did not have that in my little-known Taylor trivia bank. So, I'm ashamed. Now you can add it. (laughs) It makes you wonder if she, like, still carries on the tradition of appreciation days and if they still do that now. Yeah, they might. And so the last part that they feature on this episode uh, was about the huddles that they do before the tour. And I always find this really interesting because for each tour, uh, what they do right before they go on to play a show is they'll gather. It'll be Taylor and all the band members and the dancers and uh, everyone will get in this big circle and say something inspirational to each other and then some kind of chant. And so in this episode, they actually feature the Fearless chant, which was, of course, as everybody knows, I'm sure, never forget the essence of your spark. Very famous, at least in the fandom. And, you know, it's interesting because we never, like, we we did eventually find out what the Red Tour chant was. Uh, Rock'em, sock'em, knock'em dead, blah, 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 if it was a guest, this tour is red. But then we never heard about 1989 like at all. We know that they did one from 1989 Live, but we don't know what it was. I don't think Taylor realizes how much we want to know all the little things like that. This is important, Taylor. Please. (laughs) Reveal these things to us. Right, we don't know what it was for speaking now either. So, putting this out there as a memo, if you meet Taylor on her next tour, anyone who's listening... You better ask her. You better ask her. (laughs) (laughs) I want a full reenactment of the chant. Um, There was one other part to episode six called Launching Fearless. 
Um, and it was just about how Taylor came up with the tour and that you may not notice when the tour was going on, but there were 72 costume changes within the show. Jeez. Well, that was a lot to cover for the first six episodes of Taylor Swift Now. I mean, that was, there's really quite a lot there. I'm glad that she released so much good footage of basically everything, everything that's Taylor, everything we've come to know about her. Yeah, there's just too much for us to cover in one episode. So we'll be talking about the next episodes on a later episode of ours. Unfortunately, we're not quite sure when that will be yet because we have many exciting things coming up. We have Houston coming up. We'll be covering what Taylor does there. And the Grammys will be coming up. We don't know what's going on with that. And we still don't know when she'll be releasing the I Don't Want to Live Forever music video. That's a very good point. So we can't tell you exactly when we'll finish with Taylor Swift now, but stay tuned because we will definitely at some point, depending on what Taylor decides to do next. That's exciting when you think about it. There's a lot on the Taylor Swift horizon right now. There's so much. I think it's all going to come at once and just kill us all. And even with the Taylor Swift Now stuff with her AT&T DirecTV partnership, I've seen them saying to fans on Twitter that this concert in Houston is just the beginning of their partnership. So I can't wait to see what else they roll out together. Absolutely. You know, in the very last episode, I'll just say briefly, it's only a small blurb, but Taylor guarantees that episode 13 of Taylor Swift Now is going to cover the Houston show. So hey, by the time we do part two, maybe we'll actually have some footage from Houston to talk about. Let's hope. I can't wait. I'm so excited. So just a few reminders for you guys this week. Please press the subscribe button on iTunes, and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. If you guys would like to contact us about anything that you heard in the show, want to just chat with us, would like to submit some ideas, uh, you can reach us for a few different places. We're on Twitter at SwiftCast13. You can find us on Tumblr, swiftcast13.tumblr.com. Our Instagram, instagram.com slash swiftcast13. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash swiftcast13. You can email us at swiftcast13show at gmail.com. Or you can find all of those things on our website, swiftcast13.com. So what do you guys think next week Taylor will do? I personally believe we are not going to see one glimpse of her until the Houston show. (laughs) I hope not. No, I really mean it. It's been far too long. That's only about a week and a half away at this point, and I just feel really strongly that she will stay hidden. I think that's definitely possible, but I do think that the I Don't Want to Live Forever music video will be released this week. I think Friday. I'll just go with that. It's gotta be soon. Gotta be. I think when we finally do see Taylor again, whether it's on stage in Houston or before that, she will have a new hairstyle that we have not yet seen. <laughs> I'm not saying it'll be drastically different, but I think it'll be apparent that a new look is going on. I do like the short hair with curls kind of look. I've always liked that. And the new hair usually signals the beginning of a new era. As we've said 17 times over the past year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to stick to my guns. I know I was wrong last week, but I'm still going to say it's got to happen this week. Is that we have to have some footage of Taylor and her band practicing for Houston. It's coming up. we got to see it. It happens every time there's a major performance. So, 
And for me, Steph actually took exactly what I was going to say. I know I said it last week, and I was totally wrong. I predicted that it would have been released last Friday, the music video for I Don't Want to Live Forever. But I also have a strong sense that it will be coming up this week, and I'll predict Friday as well, Steph. Speaking of that song, I was also seeing rumors, nothing confirmed, about a surprise performance at the Grammys. So again, nothing's confirmed, but I think that would be cool. Well, I I think, I'm going to say a little, something a little bit different. Since we know like Abigail's getting married soon, I think Taylor's maybe going to be seen with a photo with her at some point. Maybe in these next few weeks, maybe just kind of helping her get things together for her wedding. We haven't seen the two of them together recently. Hey, that's a good point. We're long overdue for a good Taylor Abigail photo tweet, possibly video spree. So, hey, who knows? Well, for episode 184 of SwiftCast, this has been Nate. Ashley. Steph. Adam. And Ashley. And we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. 